Hello, I'm William Gallagher. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast for what somehow is the last week of 2023. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass and Notion. More about those later. First, where's Hilliard? Top of my head, don't know why I'm asking this, can't really conceive why, but would you say perhaps a UK-based podcast presenter might, you know, be wise to head to Heathrow Airport with an armful of Apple Watches, fly to the States and make merry selling them everywhere? Well, that would only work if uh, this this ban actually lasted long enough for stock to sell out, which doesn't seem to be the case. As we'll discuss soon, Apple might have won their stay, <clears throat> their request for a stay. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. It's all live and breaking of course, for a podcast, you'll be hearing this two days later. <laughs> but if President Biden uh, passed the buck to somebody else and they didn't do anything about it, surely it's going to... Everybody's off for Christmas, aren't they? The new year, all of this. No, you think something's going to happen soon? Well, as of seconds ago, um, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who exactly said okay, because someone said okay. Uh Oh, no, I genuinely, I missed this. The last thing I knew was that Apple was claiming they needed emergency help, that there would be um, irreparable harm. So, and I, you know those are legal terms, but even so, it does make think, yeah, I think Apple can cope. But some I've missed things, have I? Things have been breaking. Right, so December 25th, right, Christmas Day, Apple had to stop selling um, Apple Watches out of their physical stores completely. Uh, can't sell online, can't sell through the stores, and outlets like Best Buy could sell until their stock ran out. But there was no import as of the 25th of the Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2. Um, then the 26th, Apple put out an appeal asking for at least a stay, a stay until their um, appeal could go through. So they're appealing an appeal on top of the appeal. It's all very fun legal jargon. But um, mm. more or less, they've asked uh, that customs look over um options for them to get the apple watch being able to be sold in the united states again um and that could take anywhere between january 5th and january 10th a couple of weeks and apple's just like that this is taking too long irreparable harm will occur uh research and people can find out uh life-changing illnesses and all this stuff from the apple watch they need to be able to buy the apple watch or else you're going to risk people's lives health and health and uh all this other stuff so today as we record recording a little early this week recording on wednesday um right as we hit the record button uh information's flowing in live so we're still kind of trying to grasp it but it looks like apple has successfully appealed uh for a stay from january 5th to january 10th so they'll be able to continue selling the apple watch until they're appeal is heard and if a longer stay can be introduced which would allow them to continue selling the apple watch until this entire process is done so we'll see what happens it's crazy isn't it a, a company saying uh, if you don't let us make money off people you're endangering their lives and yet it's actually potentially true i mean it's sometimes you forget what we're dealing with yeah. here i think it's just a watch these, but the number of people who've survived because of yeah, it yeah like staggering. these big co like colleges do research with the apple watch on health studies oh, apple's yes. constantly publishing those yes. as they come out um people are claiming that they didn't know they had a, a atrial fibrillation or any kind of heart condition um kids are getting apple watches for christmas and going to school a week later and finding out that they have a high resting heart rate which leads to life-saving diagnosis yes it's not everyone but each of those lives each that's an individual potentially yeah. saved because they had a piece of technology they didn't have before and yes apple can't sell this as a medical device it's not technically a life-saving device and some doctors would argue it's a little bit overhyped in the press and dangerous to set these precedents to make people think that this is all they need mm. to save their lives. But I think the evidence is there that at the very least owning an Apple watch, especially depending on your own health status, maybe if you're a little older, maybe if you have certain conditions like diabetes, uh, having an Apple watch can be very useful uh, as a tool. And as long as that tool isn't available, I mean, Apple, I think is correct in saying uh, this is uh, bad because their argument basically, and this is true, Massimo, the company suing them for their patents, doesn't actually have a device at the ready to replace Apple Watch. So Apple Watch being removed from sale does nothing to help or hurt Massimo, period. Um, 
OSC. And if if yeah, they if, makes if they re- if they release a, a smartwatch next week with blood o- pulse oximity uh, o- oximeter and all this stuff, sure, maybe they could benefit from the ban and take advantage of those patents, but that's just not going to happen. I mean, um, Apple actually has yeah. countersued Massimo for the same reason, saying you're just trying to do this so you can uplift your own technology and make make money in our absence. So it's 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 such a mess, uh, and we'll see where it goes in the next two, three weeks. One thing I was actually intrigued about, because I read the filing for the appeal those couple of days ago, and, you know, it's open court document, there's all the details, except there are two sections that are redacted, and it's the smallest reference. So not in Britain when things are redacted, uh, the paragraph is there, but it's covered over in black. So if it's a long paragraph, it's a lot of black, and you think there's a lot of detail here. This case, it looks like they might have just deleted things and put in the words redacted or something similar so i can't tell if there's much here but in two places it refers to what sounds like a design update that apple has done or has offered that would remove this issue so last time you and i spoke we were talking about what they could do and it sounds like they've gone through the route of just kind of cutting out this technology at least for the apple watch series 9 it's kind of like what we discussed before but a little bit more direct um we thought maybe they might do a software update. There might be a little bit of software and hardware here um, because basically Apple just wants to be able to import these devices again. They're not going to call them Apple Watch yeah. 2. Point, you know, Ultra 2.5 or whatever. They're just no. they're going to introduce the hardware changes, very minor, all the same features. Nothing's really going to change. Um, just how they arrive at those numbers and what technologies in use might be altered ever so slightly. And... Um, We'll see what kind of disclaimers puts out Apple puts out about these new devices. I'm sure maybe somewhere we'll get some kind of documentation on if you have a serial number after this number, your Apple Watch will uh, obtain data this way. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, it's just yeah. it's such a funny situation because again, it's easy. Apple keeps secrets, right? And they're they're so secretive it hurts them sometimes. And in this in this case, it kind of really hurts them because. Massimo wants Apple to be the bad guy. <clears throat> so Massimo has put out every single detail they can publicly, like legally yeah. allowed of, well, Apple poached our employees and promised to buy us and then didn't bother buying us and actually um, stole our technology to make the Apple Watch work. It's all their story. Apple doesn't release that stuff. They, they're in court battling this secretly. And they don't want to release their side of the information. But for all we know, Massimo tried to do crazy practices as well. We have no idea. This is what I was emphasizing last week. Um, We won't know. And only really the judge, the jury, whoever is involved in this has all the details. So all we can do is sit aside and wait. Is it it above Apple to do this? No. (laughs) We've known them to be kind of shady in the past about how they... Uh, acquire certain technologies but this one seems allegedly a little let's just throw in that word allegedly allegedly of course um yeah this one just seems a little too high profile right for apple to just yeah have stolen outright right that's crazy there is a little. I was reading um, one. You mentioned we were recording a little early uh, this week. Of course, it's Christmas week. Things are all over the place. One of the things I really like about this time of year is Apple Insider runs its month in review series. Now, actually, I write most of them, but I was reading January's and I wrote January's, but I wrote it back in January. So looking back at what was going on then, and unbelievably, the Apple Watch ban started there. I just at the time was not taking it very seriously because never thought it would ever get that far. But there are also things along the way, like uh, there's always an unboxed original iPhone that's been sold for $40,000 or something. Maybe if the Apple has made a hardware change, we could treat the original Apple Watch Ultra as a really rare collector's item and store it in a box and save it for 30 years and then make a, a, a vast fortune. How do you feel my business plan is, is working I, out? There? I don't think that's going to work either, William, because guess what? These watches can be sold anywhere outside the U.S. and I don't, I don't, I don't know that we're going to have two different SKUs. I think maybe going forward, whatever they do for the United States will just be the watch um, and will be the device. So sure, there'll probably be a limited number, but we're still talking millions and millions of these devices. 
curses. Um, I'll tell you, Just, one of the things then about... Uh, sorry, I said January this began, but that isn't true. What we've learned in the last few weeks, just before, excuse me, last few days before recording this, is that we can probably pinpoint the moment that the whole Apple Watch legal battle that led to the ban began, and it was something to do with you know, one employee or something like this. Do you know this story? Do you know it better than I do? Well, this this goes just back to what we were discussing before, is um, people questioning Tim Cook. You, you're alluding to it. He got an email from a concerned employee. That's it, yes. About, uh, hey, this might be a problem later if we don't fundamentally <laughs> change how this technology works. And I, I, I'm not we don't know what came from that email, just that it was sent. <laughs> Actually, I, I had it in my head that it was a designer that had done that, but it's not. It's just an unnamed Apple employee. Um, but the reason it's in my mind again is, of course, this week Apple has lost yet another designer. I, I love this fact. Um, when Johnny Ive left in 2019, he was just about the last member of what you can call the the, the core Apple design team. I mean, the people who made the iMac, and, and then the iPhone and the iPad. He was the last one standing and he left. And, of course, Apple has more designers, but apparently they've lost 14 since 2019. And the latest one, we learned originally in uh, just a few weeks ago that uh, uh, one designer was leaving Apple to find other opportunities or something like that. And now we've learned that uh, Tang, Tang Tan is going to Johnny Ives' firm love form and specifically to work on this mysterious new open ai ai hardware project i've got to ask what's an ai hardware project i mean is vision pro ai hardware is this um i, I believe the I only remember. thing we have an example of is the uh humane ai pen which works off of oh, yes uh open ai as well so whatever Johnny Ive is working on might be similar in scope. Okay, that makes sense a little bit. Uh, the report that originally came from Bloomberg uh, said all they could manage to find out was that it might be a device for the home. And I know when Johnny Ive and um, Sam Altman got together with Open AI, the story was that Ive was intending to design what was described as the iPhone of AI devices. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean it'd be a phone. It'd just be something as transformative. And I cannot think of a household device that needs AI that could be that transformative. Is this just a, a failure of imagination on my part, or is there actually a pressing need for an AI toothbrush or something? Well, I do have a smart toothbrush, but I don't think it needs to be AI-powered to uh, work. Sorry, I've got an electric toothbrush. What's smart about a smart toothbrush? A, a couple of things. It's actually kind of interesting, and this is as nerdy as you can get, but um, it's one of those Quip uh, toothbrushes. I don't know if you've heard of Quip before. Um, no. I'm sure it might be global, but anyway, it's one of those kind of subscription services that popped up about a decade ago where they send you new brush heads every three months or so because dentists mm. say you're supposed to have new brush heads and whatever. It's... <clears throat> It's a whole thing there, but um, this one is smart because it connects your phone and it logs that you brush your teeth uh, and lets you keep track of that. And it kind of you kind of earn points towards rewards and stuff if you have a healthy habit. And that's all kind of silly, but the thing that I've noticed to be most useful about this toothbrush is it vibrates. Of course, it, it's not one of those rotating heads or anything. It's just the the whole thing vibrates and. It pulses when it's time to switch where you're brushing. So it's a two-minute timer, and when it's time to switch a row of teeth, so you have four rows of teeth, top, bottom, left, right, um, It's when it's time to switch sides, it pulses uh, quickly, and you know it's time to focus on the other set of teeth. It's very simple, but very, very fun. Makes it kind of a game and lets you know that you've actually brushed your teeth for two minutes like you're supposed to. The things we come up with. I just count... But um, I'm obviously in the Stone Age. Clearly, I will. Oh, I'll uh, acknowledge this is completely over the top silly uh, as far as tech goes, but it was something to play with. So I like my tech toys. This will be because I'm in the UK. 
I have never heard of somewhere called Lowe's, which I gather is a store and that they have been holding out against Apple Pay and now they're caved and I truly do not know what it is I could buy with Apple Pay at Lowe's, L-O-E-L-O-W-E apostrophe S. And actually, as I say it to you, it's the stores that have been holding out, but the app, there's an app as well. That's been fine with Apple Pay. Is Lowe's really significant? It's a big part of the united states um home depot is oh. its competitor if you've ever heard of home depot oh yeah yeah um, they yeah. sell lumber and house supplies smart home stuff you can even go there and buy apple home kit things um <clears throat> do you remember the okay so apple pay we're let's jump way back uh 2000 i don't know 16 time frame and apple yeah. pay is really starting to roll out in the states i know it was instantly available everywhere in the uk william but uh, we, yes, but... we had to uh, change our registers and a lot of stuff had to happen to really implement it in the United States. And there was this uh, group of stores, uh, CVS, Lowe's, um, Walmart, a couple of other guys that were oh, kind of big. Sorry, I know you go. This this is Constant C, yep. isn't it? Or they current, were trying to do something else? C, current, they were trying to be clever. Current, current C. C. And uh, they created this... <laughs> terrible qr code system where you scan a qr code and they scan yours and you're in the line for an hour and a half you might as well write a check because it'd probably be faster and uh because they just really didn't want to pay the fees associated with both credit card suppliers and apple pay so um they just avoided it entirely and slowly but surely we've whittled away what companies are left and i think we're down to pretty much just walmart uh not accepting apple pay because cvs and lowe's now and a few others have adopted at least at a corporate level apple pay uh so that means you can go to the app and use it but that means the stores you know we franchise in america so franchise owners will have to actually update their registers and that's going to take time but uh at least their official stance has changed to where they say yes apple pay is totally fine kind of leaping around here because you've put things in my mind but you mentioned qr codes there and terrible qr codes uh, i only recently as well as in the last few hours found out that uh scammers will go around parking places parking meters and stick a fake <coughs> qr code on top of the real one uh, so that you get directed to a phishing site and all of this stuff uh federal trade commission i read it on their site they said about it so i'm sure it's real but uh, is this a big thing have i been foolishly scanning stuff with abandon and should be more careful well you should at least pay attention to where you're going but they can really they can do a great job of disguising the landing page because how many people are going to go peep at the url and make sure they're actually on the website they thought they were going to as long as the banner sure. reads you know pay here whatever uh parking.com like they're just going to yeah. do whatever they need to do and probably get their car towed on top of it because they didn't actually pay for a parking spot Yes. Um, yeah, it's. it's Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I just hadn't thought of that side of it. Yes, fooled, and they also didn't pay for the parking. Yeah. You're it's right. a it's yeah. a messy situation. Um, people have learned now. Even you know, tech illiterate types have learned QR codes do something when you point your camera at them. Apple's made it a very clever feature, and every time I show it to someone, they're like, "Wow, I didn't know you could do that." Um, and in case you didn't know, you can actually screenshot a QR code and then launch the website from yeah. the photo using the text uh reader inside of photos app but anyway i don't know qr codes are such an odd technology that i i like what apple's doing here with their now i'm going to say this i wonder if you remember this um william do you remember app clips oh yes yeah i was walking somewhere on holiday and something came up that offered me i don't know a haircut or something nearby and it turned out to be an app clip but i mean i've seen you know i never get my haircut i've seen app clips in the wild maybe three times since their inception in like 2018 um and i'm 2018 that's a guess it's it's somewhere around there but uh, yeah i saw one the other day i was at exxon a gas station um not uh, British Petroleum. I'm sure you're preferred uh, gasoline of choice, William. Yeah, BP has some issues, <laughs> shall we say. Okay. Um, yes. no, uh, so I was at, at an Exxon gas station. And one of the things I like to do, and again, it's just one of those silly tech wow factors that just people don't know you can do. I have the Exxon app, and I open it up and put in what pump I'm at. And I can Apple Pay all from the driver's seat. 
and then I just get out and stick the pump in the car, and I'm pumping gas. Don't have to do anything. It's already paid for. Apple Pay complete. <laughs> they actually added stickers nice. to their pumps for app clips um, for the Exxon app, so you don't even have to have it installed anymore. So when you go to the uh, station and need to pay, you can go tap that app clip, and you're launching the app and paying, and you don't have to do anything. That's if you maybe, maybe you're more privacy con- conscious or you see one Exxon every 10 years or something, but I just found that interesting that that was there. And the only other place I've ever actually seen an app clip is I was at a restaurant and it popped up on my lock screen saying that you could download the app clip for the menu there, which was interesting. This episode is brought to you by Notion. There's no shortage of helpful AI tools out there, but using them means switching back and forth between yet another digital tool. So instead of simplifying your workflow, it just becomes more complicated. Unless, of course, you're in Notion. Notion combines your notes, stocks and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. And the fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better and think bigger, doing tasks that normally take you hours in just seconds. It's your work, your ideas, but you can have Notion's AI turn, say, those hurried, messy meeting notes into something polished. Notion is also particularly good at automation. Say you're in a team and whenever you create a meeting agenda, you need your your boss to approve it. Notion can automatically send them a message over Slack, say, saying that it's ready to see. It's simple to set up, it saves you time, and it also means you never forget to do it. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash appleinsider. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash appleinsider to try the powerful, easy-to-use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show, notion.com slash appleinsider. Thank you to Notion for supporting the Apple Insider podcast. Nice. Um, just by pure chance, today I was being told about, I have a local supermarket. It tends to be the cheapest place for petrol, so that's where you go. But they've changed the pumps to some new system where once you have entered your data, whatever, it takes a full minute for it to return with your option oh, of a receipt. It's atrocious. Or not. What, what can it be doing for a minute with this data? I just... Contacting, um, let's see... The Queen, yeah. phoning its friends. Service. Oh, okay. um, no, right. uh, just to be up to date, there the King. Of course, now we have. No, a it king. will always yes. be the Queen to yes. me because I'm just going to pretend I don't know what's going on over there. Um, no, <laughs> okay. No, it's just more fun to say the Queen. The King, that guy can go take a nap. It's fine. Um, what's <laughs> right? Sorry, just dismissing the entire the monarchy, King of England. Uh, yeah, I and I, I can't, I can't fully disagree. So, okay, <laughs> yes, but no, so we have a chain in the in the state of Tennessee. I don't believe it's outside of it. Maybe in Georgia, um, but Tennessee, right? Um, we have a chain called. Uh, gosh, it escapes me at this moment. What? This is important. I need, I need to know the name of this stupid gas station. But anyway, this, this small chain it's up and coming in tennessee and they're pretty fancy they're one of those ones where you can go order a sandwich um while you're getting your gas or whatever they have one of those little sandwich bars and okay. anyway yeah so uh weigels if anyone listening knows what a weigels is um anyway uh, so I was like, okay, cool. This is like, you know, it's a new upcoming gas station. Surely they've figured out a few technological things and I go, and they have a rewards program, and they have an app. So I download the app, just because why not? I want to test it. And it says, works with Apple Wallet. I open the app. Nope. No way to add anything to Apple Wallet. They lied to me. Um, the barcode inside of the app has to be scanned by the register person. Um, which, again, so that means you have to open the app, navigate to a barcode, and have them scan it. So that's just 10 layers of yeah. awful. When... Um, in the Apple Wallet app, you just double tap and there's your barcode or whatever. Okay, whatever. I, I can get beyond that. But hey, I can pay at the pump, right? That's that's interesting. So I go do the thing like I would at Exxon, pull up to the pump, put in my number, and it says either you pay with Weigel's credit card or you register your debit card mm-hmm. to deduct from your account. So I'd have to give them all of my information 
to pay at the pump instead of using Apple Pay. And I'm just like, what is happening here? And I, <clears throat> this particular instance has brought it's more my attention of, and I've brought this up on the show before, so I'm just going to keep ranting about it till someone fixes it, um, of just how broken all these systems are right like it's the same thing with starbucks you can't add your starbucks card to wallet anymore they want you to open the app navigate to a page target same deal uh so apple wallet's just been essentially abandoned by all these major companies um I, paying at the like pump they don't want you to use apple pay they want access to your credit card information likely so they they can purchase that data for mastercard or visa so they know exactly who's using their pumps and, and who's using the app because that's the kind of data they like to have it's just ugh, it's i understand why they do these yeah. things because they're so awful uh but they they need their money these multi-million dollar corporations uh, obviously need every penny they can get but it just hurts me to know that there's so much awesome cool little pieces of technology out there that are just virtually ignored because you know convenience and money like so what's exxon doing is it because they have so much more money than weigel's that they're able to take apple pay i don't understand you'd think any of these systems have a cost uh, i mean not just also the cost of running them for the companies but uh, uh i was listening to a developer talking about one of the things that changed in an app and he referred to the way that he, in the older version you used to have to click here and then here and then here to go there and he described that as a cost to the user of getting to a function you would think there's got to be a certain number of people who just think forget it i'm paying with cash or i'll go to the next gas station down it's the road that they would lose enough money that it's worth paying Apple. I feel or like somebody. I, I've said like it before. Like I feel like if you implement these technologies in a way that makes sense for the user and educate your users about them, you're gaining trustworthy customers who yeah. will return because they're like, man, this not only is this convenient and simple, but it lets me use the technology I pay for to, uh, you know, go to better use day to day. Like anyone who sees me use the Exxon app, they're always just in awe of, wow, that's really cool because. William, let me explain to anyone listening who maybe doesn't drive a car regularly that, I mean, it's enough of a population that some people just, you know, that they might use transport, uh, trolleys, right? You know, mm. any, any kind of like subway kind of thing. Maybe you haven't filled up a car in a while, but here's what happens when you try to fill up a car in the United States. Uh, first you get out of the car and you go to the, the kiosk and it's playing an ad for a extra large soda. Um, and then it switches over to the weather and then you're trying to give it your credit card and then it pops up and asks if you'd like to join the rewards club, if you need a car wash, yeah. uh, if there's a coupon for a sandwich you'd like to print out while you're getting your gasoline. And then after you've done all of that, you're entering your zip code so that way it can keep track of you um, buying these things. And maybe by the time you've done all of that, and of course you're waiting f uh, forever because everyone at this gas station is doing the same thing and all these pumps are connected to the internet. They're all using bandwidth trying to display ads, video ads to you while you're trying to get gasoline. And it's just this long process. And finally you're pumping gas and guess what? Now you're getting advertised even more things. So it's awful. So if I can just get out of the car, pop the pump in the thing and start pumping gas without having to even deal with the kiosk heaven, it's just absolute heaven. I wish everyone would do that. I had no clue that it was like that there. Well, if it's like that there, it's going to be like it here soon. And, and I, I dread the future. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Um, okay, I'll tell you what. One thing I was thinking that uh, whether you like Apple or not, you can you can easily support the argument that they do think of the consumer. They design things for how they're going to be used, whereas some of these other companies, they're looking at the cost to them. It's almost like the consumer comes second. But explain this to me, because you know, just to go back to the QR code thing, because I was quite shocked by this. I regularly scan QR codes with my iPhone, but I do it through Control Center. Swipe down, there's QR app, do it, off you go. And it is different if you do that compared to using the camera on the iPhone. Right. If you instead open the camera and point it at something with a QR code, it spots the QR code. But before it takes you to it, it displays in text the URL mm -hmm. that it's going to go to. And the control center one doesn't do it. So people were telling me, you're fine. you got to check your, your QR code before you go. And I think, well, how? How do I right. know till I've gone there? That is how. Why is the control center one different 
to the camera. But I think it, why are they doing this? I to think me? it's also trying to use uh, a different like accessibility feature because it's using text scanning in that instance, and then it opens like a modal uh, browser window, whereas the camera app opens the actual Safari app to display the web page. So it's just a different experience mm. altogether. But yeah, we we got off on a little mm. tangent on QR codes. I will say. They are everywhere. Everyone's trained on them. They know to scan them. And it's very simple to slap a sticker over top of a QR code that leads you to a completely different website that'll take your information. I mean, the fact that already I can educate like someone like my mother all day on only shop on Amazon unless you know the website you're going to. If it's a Target or a Walmart, those are safe. But if you see an ad on Facebook, um, I always forget what they're called, but it's like they're reselling something that's available readily on amazon or or um what's that chinese uh version oh we yeah so like it's no, oh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah. aliexpress yeah. there it's readily available on something like aliexpress for like five dollars but this w- website decided it looks cool and they go and bought a bunch of stock of it and now they're advertising it on facebook for ten dollars and um because they're spending all that advertising revenue, it's getting in front of a lot of people, whereas the original seller isn't, right? So anyway, it's just this whole scam operation, and they take you to their website, and you need to enter your credit card information. And my mom actually ran into uh, one over the holiday where it asks you for your cash app information, right? Um, one of those peer-to-peer payment systems. And I'm just like, if anything ever asks for that, close everything, set the phone on fire. Like, it's... Whatever it is, it's not good. It's just these things are out there. So I can easily see a QR code uh, becoming just mm-hmm. easily um, – what's the word? <laughs> My brain isn't working today. Misused. Misused, yeah. No, easily, um, yeah, easily yeah. just targeted for by, for malicious intent, just especially since we've trained everyone. Yeah, just scan it. That's how this works. This is what you're supposed to do with a QR code. Just scan it, open it, and use it. And uh, people are doing it, and now they're finding out the hard way. Um, you can't trust everything that you encounter, especially in technology. I tell you, I'm actually going to remove the QR scanner from Control Center. I mean, the camera's in there anyway, isn't it? Or at least it's very quick to get to it. Uh, and my Control Center extends down the bottom of the screen. I have too many things. So I'll be glad to get rid of one, but that is going. Uh, I think you know, I'm actually tempted. Actually, given what you've said, forget Control Center. I'm just going to ditch the entire iPhone and go to Android especially now that Beeper is in my corner, still pushing away, getting the green, but is it not still well, doing that? In a, so we managed to actually report on this as it was happening last week, and uh, nothing's actually changed since. Uh, Beeper um, put out a blog post basically saying, sorry, we give up. Um, Apple's making it too hard. <laughs> uh, go get that jailbroken iPhone, which we did mention last week. They'll let you, if you have an iPhone, you know, go buy an old one, keep it powered on and connected to Wi-Fi 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It will act as a beeper server for iMessage. Or you can get a Mac Mini or a Raspberry Pi. There's ways to do it. It's just way too much work for what you're trying to yeah. achieve. And they put out that statement of Apple's making this too difficult. We're, uh, we can't sue them because it would bankrupt us. We're going to continue working on our original beeper app, which is, you know, communications for all. And we're going to see what we can make a rise for uh, iMessage on Android, but in the meantime, we're just do what do with the tools that we have given you. We're stepping away from it, and uh, it appears that nothing has changed there. And I, I think they finally just kind of given up. So uh, I'm going to call it, mm. you know, December 21st when that blog post went out. Um, Beeper is officially dead as a tool to get iMessage on Android. So they're saying good luck and good night. But uh, December 21st, yeah, apparently, this is the thing I didn't know, and I don't think we knew it last week. Uh, On December the 12th, uh, the CEO of Beeper met with the Department of Justice to discuss all of this and Apple alleged antitrust stuff. Now, I can't find out whether or not it was the DOJ who requested a meeting, in which case they're already investigating Apple for antitrust. Maybe this is just one more thing on the checklist, or whether Beeper was trying to do something do we have any idea if i had to guess it's uh doj sought out beeper um because we saw several senators um pick up on this during the you know transition through various loopholes of trying to get iMessage. uh i think elizabeth warren 
a couple of other senators stepped in and said, hey, we need to do something about this. Apple's monopoly over messaging has gone too far. So I'm sure that they requested an inquiry through Beeper to say, hey, what's actually going on here? And um, every podcast uh, uh, that covers Apple has discussed this ad nauseum, uh, so we don't need to get too much into it. But it seems like Beeper wants Apple to host their clients on their servers so that they can get iMessage to Android. So Apple's basically footing the bill, which is how their cheat kind of works. It's putting all of the onus on Apple. Beeper is actually not really running any of the technology. They just figured out a workaround. And that's yeah. that's kind of a no-no. So if you're expecting any of this to lead anything to, to anything, it's not. Now, what we could see in the future is something like what the EU is doing and uh, requesting that um, messaging services gain interoperability of some kind, which I feel like is inevitable because just enough people are, are clamoring for it. I don't, I don't see it uh, lasting forever that iMessage is such an exclusive property. Now, what version of iMessage everyone gets, that's a different story. Yeah. Okay, so you just mentioned the EU there, and uh, for one brief moment I thought, oh, I'm in the EU. No, I'm in Europe. Uh, I'm in Britain. So Brexit, European Union, all that stuff. Yeah. But thinking of Britain in a positive way, I learned this week that uh, unbelievably tourism is actually slightly up in some ways for Britain uh, because there are people who are visiting the locations for TV shows. Now, I know that happens a lot. Ted Lasso's pub has been featured before. But now this made me so happy. Apparently, people are visiting London to see the decrepit office building that's at the centre of Slow Horses. Have you been following Slow Horses um, I wish, on Apple TV+. I Plus? wish I have been, but no. It's it's on my to-do list of things to watch. Right, well, stop talking to me. <laughs> Go watch. It's um, definitely, if anybody's I mean, heard of everything it, about yeah. Slow Horses. Yeah. I love Gary Oldman. I love the premise. Like, all of it sounds great. I just haven't, I'm I'm behind on everything at this point. Well, for shame. <laughs> but I can tell you one nice thing. Since people are so interested in this office block, I can tell you, yeah, Mick Heron, who wrote the original books, used to work in various offices, and I don't think he worked in this one, but he used to walk by it in London on his way to work every day, and it looked so dreary and depressing. He made it the setting for this... Well, it's dreary and depressing, but it's also exciting and funny. I don't know how he pulls that off. Or Will Smith, who writes the TV show, how they manage it. But this office building was in his head throughout all of the books. And Apple actually uh, hired the same building to film in it. So that is the building that inspired the books there. I love that. But uh, that's just one of many programmes on Apple. That sounds like a TV advert, isn't it? Just one of many programs on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, but this year, Apple TV+, Plus, uh, it hasn't really grown its library very much, but it has doubled its viewing hours. And I, I love the stuff that's on Apple TV+, Plus now, and I didn't for such a long time. Uh, are you behind on... Uh, well, you are behind on Slow Horses, but what about Silo and Severance? And other things beginning with S. Are you missing all <laughs> of these? There are a lot of S titles. Um, so I'm actually catching up on Silo. I'm on a episode seven or so. It's such an excellent TV series. Oh, I love it. Yes. Um, really excited yes. to see where it goes. <clears throat> Definitely one of those edgier seat type of guys. Um, For all mankind, lovely. Just I can go on and on. So uh, I've and people keep asking like, what what do you watch on Apple TV Plus? And I'm just like, pick one and just start watching it. Um, because <laughs> it's so hard for me uh, to make a like say I ah, just avoid this one you know you don't want to watch this one it's the only things I haven't watched are the foreign language films and the actual baby shows right uh, because there are a few of those <laughs> otherwise I'm pretty oh, much I must have missed those yeah. <laughs> there are ba- the... you're in on everything well there's a, you know like Sorry. the talking wiener dogs and uh, there's um, a couple of like magical shows there's a talking panda one where he tells stories you know uh <laughs> <laughs> Very, that's just gone straight past my head in time. Right, so there are some I'm not sure children's I'm, programming, I'm and, I, and anyone who follows me's heard me beg Apple for please just bring on some Cartoon Network two thousands era teenage animation styles. Like I, I would kill for a new Adventure Time or Steven Universe style show to uh, appear on Apple TV Plus. Mm. Just go hire Rebecca Sugar and make her do things. Um, who created those uh, properties? Well, helped with those properties. But anyway. Um, yeah, it's just of everything I've watched, I can't I can't pick a dud, and I've watched almost everything. Right, uh, lacking a couple of documentaries and, like I said, a couple of those other shows. 
And uh, it's no surprise to me that the viewership keeps ticking up because if you buy any Apple products, you're slammed immediately with, you get three months of Apple TV free. And it's becoming increasingly obvious that you really just need a bundle. If you own an iPhone, pay for Apple One, you get Apple Music, you get Apple TV, like it all just kind of fits together and it's just the popularity of it and everything is soaring. So I'm excited to see the future of this. Uh, I know there's some whispers that Paramount uh, Discovery is experimenting with bringing some property partnership with Apple TV or a subscription bundle or something. I don't know, but there's a lot of cute little ways that the, these industries can work together. And uh, I want to see what they do in 2024 because mm-hmm. we like we have so much content on that platform alone that I could probably just cancel everything else I have, to be completely honest, because Apple TV Plus has been my most watched service in 2023. This episode is brought to you by Masterclass. It's the online training you get from world-class experts, famously at the top of their industries across 11 categories, ranging from arts to cooking to business to science and more. Masterclass is very practical. You get hours of classes with these instructors, but it's also amazingly confidence-building. For instance, if I have even passed you on the street, I have stopped you to enthuse about what I've learned from Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster has a masterclass. I admired her work before, but now after four hours of her being clever, funny, passionate, I'm a fan. She treats you like an equal, and it is exactly like getting personal, face-to-face tuition from someone brilliant. Now, you or I, we would never be able to hire an instructor of that calibre. I mean, it's not just you know, unimaginable cost. They're doing the work that they are talking about. People of this calibre are just not available. Yet they are through Masterclass for $10 a month or $120 a year. One fee gets you everything. Unlimited access to the whole streaming platform with over 180 Masterclass instructors. This holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash appleinsider15, appleinsider15. Right now, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash appleinsider15, masterclass.com slash appleinsider15. Offer terms apply. Thank you to Masterclass for supporting the Apple Insider podcast. I kind of weaned myself off Netflix once I'd finished Lupin. So it might I'm really supposed to say it might be the same. Netflix has me, nothing I thought for I just me. Dabbled. They've they've ended all the shows yeah. that I supported like I really enjoyed BoJack Horseman. There's a couple of really nice Netflix shows that I just carried on with and I know it's different for you over there in the UK. You you get a few shows on Netflix that that's on Hulu or for me or something like that but that's true. Um, I, I, yes. I, I use Hulu quite a bit, but that's just for mostly network TV. Like, I like watching Family Guy still, even though it's just a repetitive show at this point. Um, HBO is probably, like, Max now is my go-to outside of Apple TV. So if I, if everyone's always like, you know, pick two and the rest have to go, like, I guess my pick two would be Apple TV Plus and Max. Like, those are just my services at this point. And by far the most watched definitely is Apple TV plus. Cause I've watched multiple, multiple shows on TV plus. Whereas on HBO max, I've seen last of us, you know, I watched John Oliver. Uh, the, it's a very short list. Fiona and cake, of course, but, um, of course, I added a... yes, no idea what that is, <laughs> but okay. Yes. I'm, sorry. Uh, I added a link here. I was wondering if you've realized, so, uh, synergy is very important at Apple, and they're terrible at advertising it, but they're actually really good at this stuff. Um, so Apple TV stuff will appear in Apple Music, or Apple Music will have stuff in Apple Maps. Uh, it's super weird, but it, they do it all the time. Um, podcasts yeah. has content from other things. So I shared with you a link uh, called I Just Love, which is an Apple Maps guide of a bunch of Apple TV shows. Uh so stars sharing their favorite locations around the world. So you can go and find out about Lee Pace from Foundation and where he likes to visit. Um, and again, Apple Maps has these interactive guides. It's such a very odd thing. I, I feel like everyone on Earth has forgotten about this feature. But um, yes, it's a, it's actually very handy. Do you do you use the um, guide system at all, William, or do you create your own personal guides? Um, I had an extended holiday from you know Tokyo to Alaska to Vancouver early in the year, and I created a guide 
partly on the way uh, of place we want to go, but also actually in retrospect, well, not in retrospect, as we were doing it. Uh, so I built up, uh, well, nobody is going to follow exactly the same route, but for me, it's nice to look back at a guide on these things. Um, I thought I was an extensive Apple Maps user, and I'd never heard of this. And I've uh, got to admit, I'm scrolling through the list of people I've never heard of who are recommending places that never heard of. I'm probably not going to go. <laughs> yeah, it's- it's but, you odd, know, there's a long list here. It's an odd mm. system because you have to kind of go looking for the guides. And really the way I've yeah. found it works best is if you're planning to travel to a major city, you know, Nashville or um, Washington or something like that, you know, you go to Apple Maps and search the guides for that specific city and see if there's anything available for that city. Obviously, you're not going to do it the other way around and start with a guide and plan your trip around it. But um, there's a lot of interesting little things in here. It's a, Again, Apple has this huge editorial team in news, app store, music, and uh, maps now, apparently. Uh, they've been doing this for a few years, and I want anyone who actually has used these to success, uh, the ones created by Apple, yeah. to reach out and let us know if you have any favorites. But for me, the personal guides are great because I anytime we visit somewhere... Uh, especially places that I know I'm going to return to, I like creating, like just adding everywhere we go to the guide so I can see mm. we ate at this restaurant, we went to this uh, amusement area, stuff like that. We took a photo in front of this monument and all of it's there in that guide. I can see our entire trip at a glance and Apple's rating systems there. You know, you can thumbs up, thumbs down, add your own photos. I think they're doing a pretty good job here, but I feel like surfacing all this stuff still needs some work that Apple needs to do because Obviously, everyone just uses Google Maps, right? Mm. Well, you can bet the link to I Just Love is going to be in the show notes for this. And I'm going to bookmark it as well. Can you bookmark a link in Apple Maps? Well, I'm going to at least remember that it's there and search for it. When next I go on it's, my travels, that sounded serious. It's a URL. But, I mean, yeah. but you definitely, yeah, it won't let you bookmark it. Um, you could save the URL to your bookmarks, I suppose. But point. I also I use an app called Hookmark that lets you link anything to anything. Yeah. So uh, an email from a client, you can be in the email and with a button, you're suddenly in the document they've sent last year, the invoice you're sending next time. Uh, I think I will add it to Apple Maps so that with a quick keystroke, I can go straight into that. See. This is proving useful. Oh. I'm <clears throat> trimming down Control Center. Right. I'm adding to Apple Maps. All right. I like this. I, I, um, I think uh, I need a new title, though, is uh, Champion of Features No One's Ever Heard Of, um, because this is like my favorite silly thing is just going through all these, because Apple announces new stuff every year, and we all stick to the big stuff, like, you know, sticker reactions and stuff like that, but I want people yeah. to discover that you can create stickers from photos, right? Like, there's all these little things in your operating system that disappear to the wayside because they're just not frontlining features and i find it fascinating that people don't use it like fitness plus you can create your own uh, workout schedule right and uh, have it notify you every day when you're supposed to be working out or like um apple music having the profile system where you can follow other people and have them update to your friends list and stuff like that or like see playlists that you've made there's just all these little interconnecting things in the mm. background that i feel like so many people just buy and use their phones and they don't realize there's all this fun little technology. Um, for instance, my my yeah. niece, she's uh, 16 and she was over recently and I was showing her the FaceTime on Apple TV feature and I hook up her phone to the TV, right? And her contact list shows up and it's all first names sorted alphabetically by first name. So automatically I'm in pain. And... Um, she's, yes. and she uses emoji to distinguish who is who in her list. And she has a couple hundred contacts. Cause you know, I mean, these days everyone in school shares it with each other. She's like, yeah, there's, there's people in there that I haven't talked to since like third grade. I'm like, you need to do something with this. Cause this is utterly painful. Um, but she, she was making fun cause she saw my contacts list and it's all first name, last name sorted by last name. And she's like, why do you? How do you know everyone's last name? I'm like, I ask for it when I'm getting their contact information. <laughs> it's right. it's just so funny to me, like the generational things. I I I wonder, you know, as she's growing into adulthood, what her systems are going to be like as she, you know, has to keep up with all this stuff and what she's going to have to adapt to. And this is the stuff I think about, William. I don't know if it's interesting at all, but. <laughs> 
Okay, well, it's going to occupy me now. Uh, <laughs> how she tracks down people afterwards. You could end up marrying your cousin because you didn't know you had the same surname <laughs> or anything like that. Okay, that's gone off on one. Um, I'm now going to refer to you as, I've got to get this right, you're obviously Wes Hilliard, Kofnofofa. Uh, champion of features no one has heard of, Kofna. Oh, okay. Terrible. So please put that on LinkedIn or wherever, or other services are available. Okay. So, You're just looking at me. <laughs> I have, no. as we uh, okay. come to the end of this episode, I have a, a couple questions for you, William. Um, uh, do you do you do the yeah. uh, New Year's resolutions? Do you have any resolutions this year? Or are you anti-resolution? I, I actually take some time to plan out my year's writing. I mean, obviously I write for Apple Insider and I hope that will continue, but there are books I want to get underway and there's a particular book project that's died 10 years ago and might be coming back. So I'm trying to work out when to do that. I plan in that sense. I give myself tent poles to aim for, but I'm going to do more workouts, I'm going to eat fewer curries. No, I don't do that. Um, right. Uh, I just... Don't get around to it. And I have this horrible sense that not only do you do it, but you stick to them. Is that what uh, I'm No and no. Um, if I ever make any yes. goal, I, it's just an abject failure. Um, I, I think we're both listeners to the uh, Cortex podcast. And um, no. you don't – oh, no, I um, highly recommend Cortex. No. Uh, anyone listening, okay. if you're Cortex. a productivity-type person uh, – that's one of those Relay FM uh, guys. It's pretty. Oh pretty, right, yeah, I like Relay. Pretty good stuff. Anyway, yes. they do. They are very against resolutions, and I agree with their insight into the situation. Uh, they go with something called themes for the year, where you have a guiding principle oh, yeah. for yeah. the year, where you say this is going to be the year where I make sure I take time off. So anytime you're making a decision about something, does this improve on your theme or does it go against your theme? And that's kind of like their idea rather than saying i'm going to lose 50 pounds because if you don't lose 50 pounds now you failed if you if you lose 49 pounds now you failed right even though wow you you lost 49 pounds that's amazing um so yeah i i'm definitely of that school of thinking and for me i think my goal is just fitness (laughs) mostly i i've got a little uh handheld weight set so i can participate in fitness plus because some of those require you to have hand weights and uh, exercise bikes oh, yeah. and stuff and so like i'm trying to push myself to just be more fitness focused get outside more actually the apple watch tracks how long you're outside every day and i want to hit that 30 minute minimum of sunlight every day just going on walks and stuff and things like that are... okay no hang on i've had an apple watch since the start and i didn't know it did that have i just never been out for more than 30 minutes I... um where where do I ena- enable that or disable it? Probably it's in the health app somewhere. Um, it's time and sunlight is the is the metric, and it uses Goodness. the um, brightness sensor because you know sunlight is just bright. Um, it's using that Clever. compared to the like geolocation, so it sees not only are you away from a building, but it also sees that it's bright outside. So I think it it just kind of correlates that um, to say you are in the sunlight. Um, but yeah, it's it's a useful feature because especially in the winter, you know, seasonal affected yeah. disorder, um, like you need to get the extra sun, you need the extra time in the sun. I think it's a, a useful metric. I've been using streaks to track a lot of these things um, because streaks can tie to your health app and it knows if you've brushed your teeth or if it knows if you've been in sunlight um, or... Uh, I actually use streaks to log how long I've taken to enter a journal entry in Apple Journal. So just little things like that. So I'm trying to just be more mindful of my health and of my life and keep track of that information and make use of it and actually utilize the technology that I have in a way that is useful rather than just kind of playing around with it for work. You know what I mean? You realize you have just done it again and surfaced a feature I hadn't heard of. So I'm I'm going to listen to this episode and take notes. That's what. Champion of features no one's heard of, I'm telling you. Yeah, cough the fi- I wish it was a nicer pronounceable acronym. Someone come up with uh, I'll a, have forgotten it by next week. Yeah, someone come up with yes. an acronym that suits this uh, particular ability of mine of just finding things that no one no one even remembers Apple announcing that actually exists. So 
Well, actually, let's join two dots here. You mentioned um, Cortex is a favourite podcast. Right? One of my absolute favourites is 99% Invisible, about design mm. things. Nothing to do with technology necessarily. But uh, just a few weeks ago, they mentioned something that fits this. It's um, coming, you know, when people come up with a word first and then find uh, letters that it could stand yes. for. Like uh, every US legislation, they do it this way around. That is actually called a backronym. And I utterly love that word. It's a good word. And I learned it from 99% Invisible. So there you go. You've offered me. uh, I just love Time in the Sunshine. Weird shows I've never heard of on Apple TV, but really will examine very closely. And in return, I've given you a word. So that feels (laughs) like we're even for it. Um, One last quick thing. You talked about your year next year, and you reminded me there are people who don't have even themes. They they pick a word for the year. And I've thought about this, but it would usually be something like panic. So I don't (laughs) even bother with that. Uh, We do know... No, that's too strong. We suspect... No, even that's too strong. Ming-Chi Kuo analyst believes that he is aware of the possibility of everything Apple is doing next year, which obviously includes Vision Pro possibly towards the start, but also a Mac event towards the end of the year. Um, (coughs) Should we just wait for that to come round, or do we know what we're going to get at a Mac event next year? I mean, just more more Macs, uh, probably the M4 at the end of the year, if if this is what he's talking about. So, Well, more new Macs. You heard it here first and possibly last, but I think that's actually, I think we can call that a very accurate uh, There will be an prediction. iPhone in 2024. It's kind of like those yeah. after credit scenes in a, in a Marvel movies. Um, Iron Man will return <laughs> in the Avengers. It's a, the yes. iPhone will return in 2024. Um, no, I... Well, I think we're nailing it for accurate <laughs> predictions. I think... Uh, now, come back in a year. I okay. wanted to offer this, and I, I think it's a little sullied by Ming-Chi Kuo's report because it actually quite aligned with this, but I was going to have a moment in the last episode to talk about this, and I don't believe we got to it, but um, hmm. the, proce- the the procession of events of how the Vision Pro is going to roll out. So this is from my understanding of, of how things are being set up, and I think it actually goes pretty well with what Ming-Chi Kuo said in this report. But from the looks of it, um, employees are being trained now, uh, initial stock is being sent to stores so they can have display units and education centers uh, in Apple stores ar- around the United States at the very least um, in January where people can come get sized for their fittings, get their optical inserts checked, uh, everything, basically get their order made and pre-order in January is my assumption is what's going to happen here is you're going to be able to go sit down in a store Put on one of these headsets, have everything measured and adjusted, put in your complete order, and then go home. And then in February, the box will arrive at your home. You'll have already gone through the training uh, system, uh, basically understanding how to put everything together. This is basically what they're setting up for and doing it a month in advance because it's not going to be everyone going to be buying these, but I think it's still going to be significant enough that it will take time. You'll probably have to make an appointment. Uh, through the Genius Bar to get fitted and, and uh, to test these things and get told how to do this stuff because Apple is really focusing on education for this. And so, yes, so there will be some units in stores for testing, for uh, trying everything on, for getting the pre-order ready. And then February, we will see these things start to ship and possibly sell out very much instantly and be on back order for six mm. months. Uh, what do you think, William? Well, for a minute there, I was disappointed. I thought the idea, if you're spending that amount of money, I want to be able to walk out of the store with one. But you mean initially there'll be that, and then at some point, later, it'll be straight off the shelves. Yeah, yeah, later you'll eventually be able to walk out the store. But again, that's on the uh, assumption that the store will have your uh, head thing, visor or whatever. They will have your in, uh, in optical inserts. Everything will be available that you yeah. need in that store. Because there's a lot of little parts to this. And uh, according to, um, gosh, I, I've lost track of rumors, it appears that uh, yes. Apple is going to have employees trained not only on how to sell this device and tell people about it, but how to package it. Because it's going to have to be hand-packaged per person uh, in the store if they do get to take Goodness. it home from the store. Uh, because it's going to be the main headset and then each piece, basically, into its own box and then 
sent out the door with the person. And imagine, you know, traveling to an Apple store an hour and a half away and getting home and finding out that they left out one of the optical inserts, right? So they have to really do this right. But I think the uh, home shipment is definitely the first angle here. Right. Well, I suppose all of this also presumes that you have the money yes. to spend and on you, these things. Um, you're not going to be able to yeah. order these online, just period, at first. Like, I, I just don't think that's going to be a thing for at least a very long time. They're going to want you to come to a store. And frankly, the only thing that's stopping me uh, buying five or six of them in maybe different colors is that it won't be available in the UK at first. Well, to, Otherwise, I'd be right there. Yeah. To bring this back full circle, yeah. uh, William, um, I believe what you need to do is you need to buy two Vision Pro headsets. Put one, keep it in its box, put it on a shelf, and in about 40 years, sell it for $100,000. <laughs> right. And I could also uh, fly to the States with my contraband Apple Watch Series 9s right. and Ultras. Sell those, put the money towards the box. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we have a new out. business plan. Yeah. For the year, this is obviously the the last of the Apple Insider podcasts. Uh, new businesses for everybody around. Yeah, on that bombshell, this is the last one for the year. So, where's Happy New Year? Happy Year to anybody listening Happy New year. for it. Uh, it's. I, it's low. I, great that we get to talk about this uh, stuff all the time. So, and we'll keep doing it throughout twenty twenty four. I I'm going to struggle saying twenty four right already, of but. I'll get Do leave there. us a review okay. and uh, let us know about um, how terrible my voice was this week because I might have a slight cold I'm fighting off. So if you made it to the end of the you show, that's the stuff you stick around for is finding out, oh, it's not he's not holding his nose this episode. He's just got a cold. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me through the pain. Now go <laughs> off and have uh, some more. And I'll, we'll all be back together chatting away in the new year. Thanks very much, by the way, to Notion and Masterclass for sponsoring this week's episode. And goodbye.